Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now, we have a number of our young people in our school that go to churches outside of our Baptist tradition, and um, uh, you know, some of them are in Pentecostal situations. Y'all are getting excited right now. I know you are. And I'm excited, too, to be in Acts chapter 2 talking about the day of Pentecost. And we're going to enjoy it together. You're going to hear a Baptist say some things that might make you a little nervous today. That's okay. That's all right. I've been thinking about what to preach today since we decided to do a special service, and that's been a good while back. And I'd love to tell you that I had this spiritual epiphany in which God just drew me to a text and all that. That's not how it worked at all. I could not escape the number 50. 50 just kept rattling around in my head. And there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of places in the Bible that, that numbers play a significant role in what's going on. But when you think of the number 50... There's something that my mind immediately and my heart immediately went to. The most important event for all of humanity and really more broadly creation itself is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Friend, hear me. This isn't a Baptist thing. This isn't a Pentecostal thing. This isn't a church thing. This isn't a religion thing. We're all headed to eternity. And we're all going to spend forever somewhere. And where we go depends on one simple truth. What have you done with Jesus? Not what have you done for Jesus. That's works. That's religion. What have you done with Jesus? We are all sinners. We're sinners by birth. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by choice. And our sin separates us from God, disqualifies us from heaven, and earns us hell fair and square. Every one of us have earned hell. God, being a righteous God, cannot and will not overlook sin. It has to be punished. And aren't you grateful that Jesus Christ, who owed no sin debt, Jesus Christ, who never failed, Jesus Christ, who never broke his his father's law or offended his righteousness, came to this earth and took your sins and my sins upon himself, and God the Father punished and judged the, 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 the sin of mankind in Jesus. Jesus absorbed the wrath of all man against all mankind from God the Father as he hung on that cross, that God might be satisfied in his righteousness. Jesus died, was buried, and on the third day he rose again, having defeated death and hell and paid the price for all of it. And now if you would go to heaven, it's not about being a Baptist. It's not about being a Methodist or Episcopalian or Anglican or Pentecostal, Church of God, Church of Christ, or any other church. It Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Call them all. It doesn't matter. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That is the single most important event for everybody that's ever happened, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But after that, after that event, is that which is most important for the church organizationally. And that is the day of Pentecost, the church's birthday. Now, good people disagree on that. But I believe with all of my heart the church was born on the day of Pentecost. Conceived earlier when Jesus spoke to his disciples, but born 
on the day of Pentecost. Now, here's the thing. Call it a sanctified coincidence if you want. But do you know how many days there are between the resurrection of Jesus and the day of Pentecost? Fifty. Fifty days. That number kept rattling around in my heart, and I landed in Acts chapter 2. Now, let's be candid. We would have some different ideas as to what Acts chapter 2 teaches us and how much of that is applicable today. Good people disagree. Both sides love the Lord. But we don't have to agree on everything out of Acts chapter 2 to get what we need today. We celebrate a half century since Granite's inception. We think on Pentecost. What a sight Pentecost must have been. Scores of people groups wedged into Jerusalem like sardines in a can because of the feast. And at the same moment, every one of them in that area, in that vicinity, heard the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in their language, in perfect dialect. In one day, 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus Christ, were baptized, and joined this newborn church. Now, the day of Pentecost was a one-time event, but the power and effect of it continue to reverberate today and will continue until the church goes to heaven. I'm certainly not placing the founding of GCA on the same level as the birth of the church. But if you look closely at what happened on that day, it gives us a pattern for prayer. Clear requests for us to make of our good and gracious God on behalf of this school, on behalf of this church, on behalf of your represented churches, on behalf of every ministry and family represented here today. Unlike some of my dear friends, I would not identify as being Pentecostal. Although, if I'm forced to choose between the liveliness of the Pentecostal or the deadness of the other end, I choose the Pentecostal. But if I could today as a Baptist, I'd like to offer up a Pentecostal prayer for GCA and for all of us. Father, would you help me to do this efficiently, but more than that, effectively? May I be true to your word and rightly divide it. And would you speak to our hearts today, we pray. And may Jesus be lifted up in it, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. Many of you would know the narrative already. The About 120 people are in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost arrives and indwells all the believers, cloven tongues of fire over top of their heads. They speak in tongues the wonderful works of God, and everybody that's there heard these wonderful works in their language. And then in verse 14, Peter stands up and delivers what is outside of those of Jesus Christ, perhaps the greatest sermon ever preached. And at the conclusion of that sermon, it says they were pricked in their heart. Verse 37 said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I must stop at verse 38 and explain to you what that means. 
He is not saying repent and be baptized in order to be saved. He is saying repent and be baptized because you've been saved. That's what that for there means. The Bible does not teach baptismal regeneration. The Bible does not teach that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Salvation is by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is clear about that, as is the whole of Scripture. And then we see in verse number 41, we see the effects. And it's these effects that I am asking God to do for granted over the next 50 years to do in our ministries here, to do in your ministries here, to do in your families and in your lives. So would you just take this little walk with me? We'll start in verse number 41. Oh, Lord, we have a Pentecostal prayer today. Here's the first element of that prayer. Lord, would you expand us? Lord, would you expand us? Look at verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Verse 47, it says in the last part, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Lord, would you expand us? We start with about 120 people on that morning, and by verse 41, 3,000 people have joined. And Lord, our prayer is that you would give us the opportunity to reach more and more and more for your glory. I think of what God's done here at Granite. Now, numbers aren't everything, y'all, but there's something. There's something. And there's a lot of work smaller than ours that's doing great things for God. And there's works larger than ours that are doing great things for God. And we thank the Lord for all of them. When my wife and I came here 12 years ago, we, we inherited a school of 18. And we graduated four of them. Now, you might say, oh, wow, that was tough. No, it was very manageable. We had to figure out how to pay the teachers, but, you know, it was very manageable. Uh, as we stand right now, we have 79 enrolled at Granite Christian Academy. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. We've asked the Lord to expand us, and we ask him to do that further. We've asked him to do that on behalf of this, on behalf of this school on behalf of this church. We ask him to do that on behalf of your ministries. If you're in a good Bible preaching and teaching church, even if you differ with us a little bit, if you're telling people how to be saved and how to grow in the Lord and in his word, we're for you and we hope you grow. Now, if you're teaching false gospel, I don't want you to grow. I want you to leave and come here, okay? But, but, uh, but uh, Lord, expand us. And then, Lord, would you establish us? Look at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued steadfastly. They'd been established. Fifty years is wonderful, Lord. Grant us 50 years more. Unless Jesus comes back, which is very, very likely. But if not, 50 years more. Establish us in your service until Jesus returns. Lord, help us to have the wisdom to change what we should change. Oh, but those things that it would displease you to change, may we never change them. May we stay steadfast and established in that which pleases you. Lord, establish us. Oh, but you don't understand, Andy. I failed too many times. That's okay. I've mentioned several times to our church family, I know this from experience, God can and will use failures. 
but he can't use quitters. Be a failure. It means you're trying. Just don't be a quitter. Our, our motto here, honor God, do your best, never quit. Sums it up pretty good, I think. Lord, expand us, our Pentecostal prayer. Lord, expand us. Lord, establish us. Oh, Lord, would you empower us? Verse 43. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Lord, empower us. Now, the signs and wonders may be different today, but we all understand that God is no less powerful. God's still in the saving business. He's still in the healing business. He's still in the life-changing business. And we call upon him and beg him to empower us. Lord, would you empower us to be part of the miraculous? Boy, this world could use some miracles these days, couldn't it? Can Can I talk to you for just a second about one? This has been on my heart for a long time now. When I first mentioned it to the church, I mentioned it in the early part of 2020. Well, 2020 came and a lot of things went away. We have a need here. It is clearly a need. And as I mention this, I do not mention this to ask one dime of anyone in this room. I ask you to do one thing. Would you join us in praying for the Lord to empower us to do the miraculous in the matter of our Family Life Center? We've got the land and it's paid for. To build what is rendered there right now is in the neighborhood of two and a half million dollars. Now, if any of you have it and you're not doing anything with it, I wouldn't turn it away. But that's not, that's not what I'm asking you to do. God gave us a vision for this a number of years ago. There's certainly needs for it for the school. We need, the, we need the gymnasium. We need the commercial kitchen and the lunchroom facilities. We need the classroom space. Our church needs it. Our community needs it. I, I, I have a vision of having something here that, God forbid, something happens and people need shelter. There you go, right there. And honestly, our community needs to see our ministry hanging iron again. We've done a lot of work on the inside of our buildings, and God's blessed us, but it's time to build something. But we don't have the resources to do it. Two and a half million. Boy, it's insurmountable by any measurement. I don't have it. I don't know anybody personally that has it, I don't think. Except one. I know one who has it. And it's nothing to him. Would you join us and pray that God, in whatever way he sees fit, would empower us and enable us to build the Family Life Center of Fellowship Baptist Church and Granite Christian Academy? It'll only happen through prayer. 
It'll only happen through prayer. Lord, empower us. Lord, establish us. Lord, expand us. And then, Lord, enhance us. Make us better. Make us better in our communion. Look at verse 44. And all that believe were together and had all things common. Oh, sweet harmony. Isn't it a wonderful thing when God's people are in harmony? Lord, would you enhance our communion? Would you enhance our compassion? Verse 45, they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, that is not a proof text for socialism. But understand, in that present distress and in that culture, there were a lot of people hurting, a lot of people were being persecuted, a lot of people were being, uh, were being, they had their things removed and confiscated, so they sold it before they had a chance to do it, and they took care of each other. What it is is a demonstration of compassion. Lord, would you enhance our communion, our compassion? Would you enhance our cheer? 46, and they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with what? Gladness and singleness of heart. Oh, Christian, not only is it permissible, it's expected to smile. Christians should be the most joyous people in this world because we've read the back of the book and we know how it ends. <laughs> Lord, enhance our cheer. <laughs> and it's okay to laugh. It's okay to enjoy one another. It's okay to enjoy your faith. Jesus said he's come that we might have life and have it, what? More abundantly. (laughs) Lord, enhance our communion, our compassion, our cheer. Lord, would you enhance our comprehension? Verse 47, praising God. Now, what does that have to do with comprehension? I'll tell you what. The more you comprehend the goodness of God, the more you'll praise him. The more you think on and meditate on how good God has been to you, the more you'll praise him. I'm just, I'm sitting up here during, you know, parts of the service and I'm just looking and I'm seeing all the faces and I'm seeing all the people that are here today and I'm seeing families that have been helped and I'm seeing folks that are seeing victories in their life and I'm just seeing what God's doing and all I can say is this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes to God be the glory, great things he hath done, praise him, praise him all ye people. Because God's been good to us. If all he did was give us Jesus, that's more than we deserve. Oh, comprehend it, friend. Enhance it. And then, Lord, would you enhance our character? Verse 47, still. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Now, are there going to be people, if you take a stand for Christ, that are going to take umbrage with that? Sure. But, beloved, as Christians, we don't need to go out of our way to take people off, do we? You live by the Bible. You do it enough just doing that. But, Christian, there's, there's no reason for us to go out of our way to be obnoxious and holier than thou. I found just here in Withful and just here in With County, if we'll just love people like we should and love God like we should, then we can begin to change the mindset that people have either about us personally or about our faith more broadly enhance our character i pray that for our school i pray that for our church 
I pray that for you. A Pentecostal prayer. Lord, expand us. Establish us. Empower us. Enhance us. Some of us are tired. But God's just getting started. And if he'll give us the wherewithal and the energy to do it, man, I'll ride this thing long as he'll let me. God's been good, hasn't he? Can I encourage you to do this? If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ or you have questions about that, I'm not going to give an invitation today. But I would encourage you, if you'd come and see me or Brother Davies or one of our teachers or, or anybody like that, we would, we would be honored to take a Bible and sit down with you and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Amen. Christian, I don't care what church you go to or what, what your tradition is, your background is, if we all love the Lord together, these are things that you should want for you and your family and your ministry too. Lord, expand us, establish us, empower us, enhance us. God's been good to us, and he gets all of the glory.